The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and this is a emergency podcast because the New York Jets have traded officially Jamal Adams, the uh, disgruntled safety former first-round pick, top-five pick. They traded him to the Seattle Seahawks. Joining me now to break it down. Ryan Wilson, who's feeling a little bit dangerous. Tell me you get that joke if you watch us on YouTube, by the way. All of our shows, uh, the emergency pods, the regular pods, the mailbag pods, every show available on YouTube. And if you watch this show on YouTube, you can watch me take a, del- a sip of a delicious beer out of an old, old toughy glass, but I'm not drinking an old toughy. I'm drinking a triple crossings double IPA because it's Saturday at five 30 and I'll do what I want. Also shout out to Ridgewood wine and beer in Raleigh for uh, hooking it up. My buddy Pat there, t- take care of me. If you're ever in Raleigh, stop by Ridgewood. Tell him Brinson sent you. Pat. Hey, quickly, I got a, I got a question for you. Your buddy's supposed to send me some beer a while ago. I haven't gotten that beer yet. Uh, he's that's who, which buddy? <laughs> oh, uh, Chris, oh, yeah, Chris from New Belgium. Yeah, talk, uh, I'll, talk I'll, follow, I'll follow up with him. Uh, maybe he's taking the Brinson approach to it, where you promise to send beer and then don't. Right. right. Over-promise, under-deliver. Way to go, Chris. Absolutely. Welcome to my life. Uh, anyway, Jamal Adams, the, the Jets, I got to tell you, the Jets got a good haul. They got two first-round picks and a third-round pick in exchange for Jamal Adams and a fourth-round pick. Now, uh, look, let's, let's start with, let's start with this knee jerk reaction. Wow. For whom? <laughs> uh, no, my knee jerk reaction was I liked that the Seahawks were bold, but I don't like the, the, the price that they paid. That knee jerk is, Oh my God, the Jets won something. That's the knee jerk yeah. reaction. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's fair. I mean, I, I really thought that just because of where Jamal Adams was, um, at, at the stage of his career with where he was at the stage of his contract with how was, he, they, was this his fifth year option or not even he was going into his fourth year. Oh, wow. So he had virtually no leverage. Uh, right? he had no leverage whatsoever, but the Seahawks saw it differently. Yeah. I mean, Jamal Adams has said previously prior to being dealt that he would be willing to to play out his deal elsewhere, or he'd be willing to continue playing on his current rookie contract elsewhere, somewhere where he believed that they would negotiate in good faith. He didn't believe that the Jets were ever willing to extend him at the price that he wants to be extended. And what therefore, tops, Eddie, more than Eddie Jackson makes, top safety money. So that's 14-6. Kevin Bayard's next at 14-1. Tyron, play the button. Play the Tyron sound. Tyron Matthew. He makes fourteen million. <laughs> so we're talking. We're talking north of fourteen six for Jamal Adams. I think he wants fifteen million a year. That's what he wants. 
It's now, do you have Stephen O's numbers in front of you? If you don't, I do. I uh, don't. Go ahead. So Stephen O, our guy at CBS Sportsline, who's a, a math whiz and does all the numbers and runs all the simulations. Jamal Adams with Seattle. Before Seattle, they were projected to win 9.2 games. With Jamal Adams, what would be your guess the Seahawks are now projected to win? You said 9.2 without? Yeah. 9.3. 9.4. So is that worth $15 million a year? No, taking nothing away from Jamal Adams, the player, one of the best safeties in the league, no doubt about it. But he plays a position where it depends. I mean, he plays closer to the line of scrimmage. He's more of a run support guy. Yes, he can cover, but 15 mil a year is is a lot. And that's on top of the fact that you have to do that in a year and a half, two years, whatever, after giving him two two first-round picks, a third-round pick, and Bradley McDougal, right? right. Now, and Brad, that's right, Brad, Bradley McDougal, good call. Uh, I'm going to play devil's avocado here, Larry. I, I, I'm going to get that sound drop. Debo, make a note. Need some Thirty Rock Tracy Tracy Jordan sound drops. Noted. Well, <laughs> duly noted. I was wondering if you're going to actually acknowledge the note that I requested. At any rate, um, Devil's Avocado here. Jamal Adams. It's possible is the best safety in football and is being underutilized by the Jets' defensive scheme that ask him to be a box safety and that if he's placed in the Seattle scheme where we have seen safeties like Earl Thomas um, thrive, that he could be an absolute monster and a blue chip player for the Seahawks for the next, I mean, this guy is 24 years old or maybe he just turned 25. Um, I mean, this is a, yeah, well, he'll turn 25 in October. And this is a really young player and ascending talent, uh, a difference maker on the defensive side of the ball. And unfortunately for the Seahawks, not a pass rusher, which is what they really need. But I, I do think that there is an argument that Adams comes in and is impactful on his rookie deal, which is very cheap, and that the Seahawks uh, let him play out his rookie deal and his fifth-year option and then extend him after the salary cap goes back up in a post-pandemic world, and that he he alters their defense, gets him back to being a top 15 defense because they, they haven't been really lately, and that uh, as a result of that, the Seahawks are a much better football team. That's the That's the argument. Your thoughts? Um, I'm not convinced he's something more. He's not a center fielder, I don't think. And I would just point to Jim Nagy, the head of the Senior Bowl, director of the Senior Bowl, who was also a scout for the Seahawks for the longest time, tweeted this out shortly after the trade. Said He said, some will say the Seahawks gave up too much for box safety, which is what we're talking about here. We get it. But that role is designed to be a playmaking position in Pete Carroll's defense. And he made reference to Cam Chancellor, who made a huge impact in that spot. And I don't think anyone would disagree that Cam Chancellor, as a part of the Legion of Boom, was a big part of the reasons. And we talked about it. You'll hear about it on Monday's podcast, I think, where I get slam dunked on for not giving enough credit to the Legion of Doom, that defense that won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I get that. But I don't know if he's – I mean, who's the best free safety in the NFL? Mm. You know who I think it is. Minka Fitzpatrick? Minka Fitzpatrick's there. Devin McCourty's there. Um, Anthony Harris is there. Justin Simmons is there. Um, Jimmy Ward, maybe you could put him in the conversation. But I mean, in terms of coverage, how good is how how good is um? Well, see, that's the argument, and I would say this: Cam Chancellor was awesome. If if he is Cam Chancellor, uh, I don't know that you give up two first round picks. No, you don't. 
Cam Chancellor was a day three pick um, because I think they thought he was slow and all that, but clearly he wasn't. But um, if he's Earl Thomas, then it's a the trade is worth it. Wait a second, how much did the Steelers give up for Minka Fitzpatrick? You're like my wife. <laughs> Thank you. Stop comparing events. <laughs> what about ism? That's what the, that's what you say in, in politics. What about uh, this though? No, Minka, look, 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 the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. It looks like a fleecing now. It it certainly looks like a better deal than two uh, first round picks, a third round pick, and Bradley McDougal, who isn't bad. Our buddy Andy Benoit, who watches more tape than anyone, not in the NFL, maybe some people more than the NFL. One thing to remember, Andy tweets out. Uh, oh, that's a different Andy tweet. Let me find the other one. Bradley McDougal is, is this is another one by the Seahawks, but this one is Bradley McDougal is a quality, strong safety as well. Jets, they're, the Jets create a two deep zone oriented third down scheme is not overly demanding on DVAC. So the, the implication is that Bradley Mule can come in, Greg Williams scheme and probably have some ex- success immediately on a defense that wasn't bad last year. Yeah. And a third round pick and two first rounders. I mean, I, I Bradley McDougal is sort of a throwaway here, but he can come in and play. He's not a throwaway. I would imagine the mind of Greg, Greg, uh, Greg Williams and, and perhaps Joe Douglas because he can come in and play, right? No, I mean it helps. I mean, it, no, it definitely helps. I just think with with Jamal Adams, if he. Oh, has, and by the way, sorry, the Jets drafted the kid from Cal to play safety as well. So that's they also uh, have. Uh, uh, oh, I loved him. Who? Uh, I know he's from Cal. I can never remember anyone's name after the draft. I'll look it up real quick. It is amazing how quickly you do that. Was that Ashton Davis? Ashton Davis. Thank you, Debo. Yeah. Sean, so they, Sean would have gotten it. Yeah. Yeah. Sean's you know went to Sean Cal. But right, so they they have uh, contingency plans. Uh, I don't. Worried it sounds like we're missing Sean. We don't miss Sean. <laughs> we don't like. We don't really. I mean, like, yeah, it, I, I like Sean, but man, we don't miss him. Small doses with Sean. Yeah. I so if you look at like an I mean, approximate value, we we use it a lot when we talk about this on, on the podcast. It's Pro Football's references metric for determining a you know a, 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 the the value of a season in the context of history, and then of course across you can you know. Compare across positions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Cam Chancellor had one season above ten uh, in terms of approximate value. Yeah. Earl Thomas had five, six of them with uh, with Seattle. So, if you get Earl Thomas, if you get Earl Thomas as a safety, then I don't mind giving up two first round picks for him. If you get Cam Chancellor and you just get a box safety, I don't think that that's but a great. Not- it's not two first round picks. It's two first round picks, a third rounder, and and a part time starter. Third rounder is huge. Sure, yeah, no, yeah, sure. So, <laughs> sure. worth noting, um, according to our buddies at Football Outsiders, last season the Jets were 18th against the pass, second against the run. The Seahawks were 15th against the pass, but only 26th against the run. Jamal Adams helps against the run, but I don't know if you give that much for a guy to help you get better in the run game. Uh, one other thought, I, I noticed this. I can't remember who somebody tweeted it, but. Uh, I, I don't know who it was. Anyway, um, the Seahawks are basically set. I mean, the, the Jets, excuse me, are basically set Sam Darnold's rookie contract window on fire. Like this is them saying we're not in for 2020. So I'm all, I'm out on the Jets. Wait, why? Why? Just because they got rid of Jamal Adams? I just think when you trade your second best player or maybe your best player. All right, go ahead. I'll, I'll rebut. Go ahead. A month before the season. I don't mind, again, I don't mind the value. I think Joe Douglas did a great job getting the value. Jamal Adams wasn't happy. He didn't want to play for this team. He didn't want to be part of this organization. I just think when you trade one of the two best players on your team, if not the best player on your team in late July, that you're sort of 
raising a white flag. If it were a quarterback, sure. But we just read off Stephen O's numbers. The Seahawks go from 9.2 to 9.4 win totals with the addition of Jamal Adams. The Jets go. I know. Let me see if he added that. Um, the Jets. All right, here we go. Before the trade, Stephen O's projections had him winning 6.1 games. What do you think it is without Jamal Adams? 5.9. 5.8. You've been off by a tenth of a point each time. So there. I mean, they're not giving up on the season, and they are stacked. They are in good position. They're not stacked. They're in great position going forward to make this team better around. Oh, for sure. Look, Mike McCagnan has, was a terrible general manager for the Jets. The only two good things that he ever did, and I, I mean this when I say ever, I mean ever. The only two <laughs> good things he ever did, one, was draft Jamal Adams. Two, trade a bunch of second-round picks to move up to get either Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen, only to have Sam Darnold fall on his lap accidentally. And – he has, he never did anything to, to benefit from those smart moves, including, you know, signing Jamal Adams to a contract. Not that he had the option because he's just eligible this offseason. Um, but you know, it's a different regime, et cetera, et cetera. I think Joe Douglas has put the Jets in a position where if Sam Darnold is the guy, they have four first round picks coming up in the next two years. If when we should see the salary cap dropping as a result of the pandemic or at least flattening out and you have these guys on cost controlled numbers on these rookie deals. If he hits on three of those four or two of those four players, the Jets are going to be a significant boost. I mean, this is you know, like you go out and have a great draft or great two drafts in a row, and all of a sudden the Jets, you know, you feel like they might be able to contend. Well, something else. No Tom Brady, so the the division's wide open. I think everyone likes the Bills. I think we're on board with that. I think maybe you're still on the Pats bandwagon if, if um, Cam's healthy. Is that right? All right, fair enough. But also, is there any other defensive coordinator other than Rex Ryan, maybe, and then Bill Belichick, of course, that does a better job with a bunch of no names than Greg Williams? Like, a, are we pumping at Greg, Greg Williams? This is what's happening. I, I like his fake beard and his those dark eyeglasses. Like he's up to something. But well, I, he's not up to something. He's like he's trying to hide his image. He's trying to make people not realize he was the Bounty Gate guy. So he's, he's like it's like one of those terrible. Hat fake mustache disguises. You're like, oh, they don't know who I am. It's like you're I can never remember the name of that Val Kilmer movie where he played like 12 different disguises. Was but it, um, you know what? It's, uh, oh gosh. The, uh, oh, it's on the tip of my head. It's, I have it. You ready? No, it's not the angel. It's the New Orleans. Oh, it's the saint. Yeah. Saint. Yeah. He's the saint. He's Val Kilmer in the saint. Bill Simmons has like a huge, like, can you say hard on? He has a hard on for the saint. In theory. Oh, he likes that movie. That movie's terrible. I, they, I was listening to Rewatchables recently, and there was somebody was t- they were talking about it. He's like the Saint. He was listening to, like the greatest action movies of the late nineties, and the Saint was on there. The Saint is on Netflix right now, along with. Um, do you remember Swordfish? Oh yeah, there's one reason I remember Swordfish. Oh, so oh yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. That's the only reason that I remember. This movie holds up very well. That is literally the only reason I watched Swordfish 15, 20 years ago. And of course, Ryan is referring to John Travolta's getting out of the car and doing the spin backwards away from the car. Absolutely. But, uh, Greg Williams is about Greg Williams is Val Kilmer in the sink with that get up. That said, I mean, he does a lot with a little as a defensive coordinator when he's not bounding people up. So I'm not concerned that much in either Stephen O's projections that Jamal Adams, who I think is a great player. Jamal Adams didn't like playing a Greg Williams scheme. And he was actually really good at it. But um, I love Jamal Adams. I think he's fantastic. We talked him to the Super Bowl. He was great. But I, I don't think his loss is going to determine whether uh, the Jets, you know, go to the playoffs or not. Uh, okay, that's fair. Um, I just think I'm out on the Jets now. I think I'm – I think I'm. oh, you were, you were teetering? I was teetering. All right, fair enough. 
So I'm out on the Jets, and we're out on the first half of the podcast. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more with Jamal Adams. Oh, you can watch the Saint free on Pluto, too, by the way. FYI. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. That's right. Ryan's uh, segue to break. Pluto Pluto plugs. Pluto. You should check out Pluto TV. How do you know that? How do you know you can watch on the um, Pluto? I, 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 I literally uh, Googled Val Kilmer disguise movie so I can remember the name of the saint. <laughs> and, then it, and then it shows you where you can watch it. Pluto is fantastic. Yeah, you can watch CBS Sports HQ. Yeah, you, you could if you wanted to. Or The Saint. Or The Saint. Um, you can also just watch The Saint on Netflix. They did a huge dump of 90s action movies. I'm down with that. Ones. Um, what else did they put out there? Debo, do you have a favorite 90s action movie? I have a couple. Oh, I do. Go, go ahead, Brinson. The Fugitive. Oh, that's a, that's, I mean, that's upper, that's up top shelf. Are you talking about like a favorite crappy '90s action movie? Either one. I mean, The Fugitive is, is oh, legit. Uh, okay, so if we're not talking actual legitimate movies that we like, then the obvious answer would be Face Off. That's a terrible movie. Like, I, I'm not a huge Face Off guy. It's pretty good. Um, Con oh, Air. Con Air is certainly watchable. Can we go like Point Break? Oh, I mean, yeah, of course. Is that '90s or '80s? Point Break is definitely '90s. Oh, okay. Um, '94 would be my guess for Point Break. One of my that sounds too late. 95. Oh, God. I don't know if that's right. 91. 91. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Um, I, I got to go with uh, Total Recall. Total Recall is on uh, Netflix too right now. I love that movie so much. Really? <laughs> Running Man isn't bad either, but that's 87. I just looked that up. Yeah, that's not the 90s. Bad Boys yeah. is in there, right? Bad Boys. <laughs> uh, Bad Boy, I watched Bad Boys the other day on Netflix. I'm telling you, they did a huge dump of like 90s action flicks. The thing is, you can't make these movies now because no one will see them and it will lose tens of millions of dollars. I think Bad Boys would hold up now. But you don't, I mean, no one's releasing those type of movies, are they? I mean, they did no, Bad Boys 3 like, and. Why are you wasting our time? We're so busy being smart and intellectual. It's like, what'd you say, Debo? Martin Lawrence. You know what? You know, it's a great Martin Lawrence movie that I don't know if it's in the 90s or 2000s. What? Blue streak. 99. Oh, yeah. Love it. That counts it. People knew that off the top of it. Yeah, I didn't even have to look that up. Dave oh, really? Early <laughs> Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Like Dave Chappelle is the, the criminal in that. That's right. Um, man, Blue, I might go watch Blue Streak. I watch Blue Streak Netflix. And then those crazy movies with uh, Sylvester Stallone and uh, Wesley Snipes. Uh, what are those? Um, just two super sci-fi crappy movies. Sandra Bullock's in one of them. I can watch those all day. Oh, uh, Speed. No, no, no. Sandra Bullock oh, was the net. the net. No, you're not. You, uh, Sylvester Stallone. 
Cliffhanger. Jesus Christ. I got to look it up because I can't remember anything anymore. I need to take that cognitive test. Man, woman. <laughs> you know, person's right. Person, man, person, woman, man, camera, TV. That I know. Person. That was weird. Uh, what, what's, what's the Sylvester Stallone movie you're talking about? Hold on. I'm looking it up. I have to look up everything. Riveting podcast. Demolition Man. Oh, yeah, with Wesley Snipes. Yep. And there's they poop in the shells. <laughs> and there was another one there. Where's the, where's the toilet paper? Here's the shells here. Uh, by the way, John Breach, thank God John Breach texted us. He's going to get this podcast back on track. He's driving to Cincinnati. He's on to Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati. To, uh, to see his parents and family. I think and they see the baby for the first time. He is driving and texting with a small baby in the car, giving out trade grades. He actually asked us, what grade would you give the Jets for this trade? Oh, please. Oh, oh, we have Sean's grade. Do we care about Sean's grade? Where did he give that grade? No one cares. Sean's a lawyer. Yeah. Why, why, Sean, you're out of the business. Did he tweet that, Sean? Oh, he just texted us, A minus, but I like it for Seattle too. I feel like we have to institute a limit for Sean references, just like we have a limit for the Dick Vitale clip. Yeah! Way to go, Devo. Devo's right, of course, but Brinson will, will yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want I, I to say that, uh, what, when did Sean leave? July 6th was the final time he appeared on a podcast. Yeah, we're talking about like, August 1st. We just stopped talking about Sean. Done. We have to at least make him, because he's going to keep listening to the podcast, we have to at least make him think that we... That's right. It's like when uh, you get dumped in high school and you keep talking about your girlfriend. You have to at least let her think that you're not you're you're over. Uh, John Breach says he would give him a B or B plus. Why a B? Yeah, I don't get that. Apparently, Patrick Walker on gave them a C plus. The Jets? How can you give them a C plus? They got two first round picks, a third I, round pick, and Bradley McDougal. Look, I don't know why you give him an A minus. Be honest, you need McDougal. Yeah, I, a, a or higher for the Jets. C, if I'm feeling charitable. Got two first round picks, a third round pick. Look, if you win the Super Bowl two years in a row, that's great. It's a thirty second pick, but there's no guarantee in that division. Well, I mean, it's gonna be tough. Um, let's see. The Seahawks. I gotta close out all these blue streak. Like Judge Dread was the other one I was looking for. Ah, uh, Judge Dread's bad. That so bad it's good. Terrible. Um, so the Seahawks have picked when they've used their first round picks the last several years, 27, 27. Oh, that's right. They make a lot of crazy picks. That's 27, true. No first round pick 31, no first round pick, no first round pick, no first round pick yeah. 15. The last time they picked in the top half of the league was 2012 when they drafted Russell Wilson in the third round and they took Bruce Irvin at 15, oh. Bruce Irvin, Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson. That's a decent that's start to a draft. And look, no first-round picks mean they can't draft Rashad Penny the next two years, so that's good as well. Yeah, somebody else made the joke. It's like, oh, they won't overdraft a running back or a, a unathletic uh, a linebacker or a yeah. pass rusher. So they got yeah. that going for them. LJ Collier was a shock, I'll be honest. Yeah, Oh, yeah, every draft pick of the Seahawks was a shock. So I w- I'll give the Jets an A, and I would be fine with an A+. Plus. The only reason I don't give them an A – you know what, I'll give them an A-, actually, because I do think that there is something bad about not being able to – keep like like we kill the Jaguars when they trade Jalen Ramsey even though they got two first round picks back 
like it's you just have to be able to keep your young talent. If you can't keep your young talent in house, it's never going to work out where you're a good football team over the long haul. And it's not like they're getting rid of Jamal Adams a year too early. He's 24. Like he's going to be a really good player for the next five years. The difference is the Jaguars have, I mean, the Jaguars did not have a quarterback to Jets did. I think that was a big part of it that we crushed them. But I mean, in retrospect, the Rams ain't doing exactly great with the, with their, Lack of draft picks and salary cap up against the wall and not winning football games. No, look, I think, I think if they, if this were one first round pick and a third round pick, I think we'd be questioning the Jets a little bit more, but two first round picks is just good. Like the, now all of a sudden you're probably going to have, you know, the 10th, let's say the 10th, somewhere in the 10th to 15 range for your first pick and then somewhere in the 20 to 25 range for your second pick. And those, you can do a lot with those two picks in back to back years. Uh, including combining them to move up and get a stud player or, or landing, you know, two players if it's a deeper draft. And so I, I think this is very, Joe Douglas appears to be trying to build the Jets in the right way. To, they have six picks and the first 100 picks next draft if they are a six one team, something like that. Yeah. Um, Le'Veon Bell was tweeting in the middle of it. I, I you know, I just think it's tough. It, it, so, the, what is the message that it sends to the young players on the Jets? Like, hey, if you, uh, you know, if you make an all pro team in your first three years, you probably won't get a contract extension and we might trade you. You know, I mean, it's, it's just, what says more about Adam Gase's future. Because so Adam Gase, or no, Jamal Adams said this about Adam Gase, by the way, on Friday. He told, told Manish Mehta, uh, friend of the, friend of the podcast. I don't feel like he's the right leader for this organization to reach the promised land. As a leader, what really bothers me is that he doesn't have a relationship with everybody in the building. Do you think, Ryan, that that quote and those comments to uh, Manish call, uh, expedited this deal? If so, more players will be speaking out because that's not that shouldn't be that the employers can tell the employee or the employees can tell the employers how to uh, what they want to happen. I mean, if good for Jamal Adams, if that's exactly what he wanted to happen to happen, I don't think he's lying. I would imagine that, you know, we've heard before that Adam Gase's relationship with his players isn't, you know, great in terms of, I'm not saying he has to be their best friend or their babysitter, but uh, in terms of um, basically what Jamal Adams talked about. So I would imagine that's a concern. And we say it every year, Adam Gase's team's underachieve. He's supposed to be an office of genius. And a lot of times things don't seem to work out, even though he may know, more about football in his brain than, than the, the people he's playing against. It doesn't show itself in, in the way he game plans and the way his players play. Yeah, I would agree with that. And look, if we're doing winners and losers from this trade, Jamal Adams is a big winner. Jets are a huge winner, and Jamal Adams is 1B. Yeah. Because he's going to get paid in a year and a half or sooner, and he's going to a good team. He's going to win a lot of football games. He'll probably go to the playoffs. All things I would imagine that he wanted. And Seattle has shown a willingness to pay guys. That's they're it. afraid. To, I mean, didn't they give Percy Harvin a huge extension if they traded for him? Yeah. Um, really, Graham when they traded for him, that was a dumb trade. Yeah, that that wasn't great. Yeah, they uh, they are not afraid to to be aggressive to trade for guys. And look again, you know, Devil's Avocado here. You're you've got a small you got a window with Russell Wilson and a and a a roster that had you within a couple of plays to making the, the NFC Championship last year. Or heck, if he were one pass interference call away from being the number one seed in the NFC and winning the division, winning the NFC West. So, you know, 
I think that adding Jamal Adams is the kind of, I mean, I get that Stephen O's numbers don't say that. Don't give it, you know, it's not, not going to put him over the top and have him win like 14 games. But maybe that's the difference maker. Maybe he's the difference in taking down San Francisco. Maybe his ability to, to, to get inside, get in the box and to. He makes one or two plays in, in conference games or in division games and, you know, you win 1.5 more games. Sure. Uh, by the way, Jamal Adams, who's at Prez, P-R-E-Z on Twitter. To New York and especially the Jets fans, I love you. I always love you. You all, you all, you all will hold a special place in my heart forever. When I came into the league, you embraced me, watched me grow. We went through it all together. Thank you for the love and support these three years. Hashtag Prez out. Good for him. How did he get the Prez handle in 2014? Ooh. It's, it's pretty crazy. How did he get, what, yeah, how did he get the Prez handle? Or maybe he had it before. What said he joined? I think uh, Debo said he joined in 2014. Oh. I think that's. Get on that White House. <laughs> I think he used to be Washington football team. <laughs> he had to trade it for, for press. That was the trade <laughs> uh, All right. Anything else to add on Jamal Adams to the Seahawks? No, good for him. Good for the Jets. Yeah. See what happens. Oh, Clowney. David Clowney's trending on Twitter. Do you think that this matters for Jadavion Clowney's future? I didn't feel like he was necessarily going back to Seattle the last few weeks anyway. Did you? I think he's going to Tennessee. I think he's going to wait until training camp gets here. First of all, you can dodge the Rona. Second yeah. of all, you can see if somebody needs pass rush help. And the, they, nobody knows that they need pass rush help until they get to training camp and start watching it. If they need training, like I would, I would assume that Jadavion Clowney's value only goes up through the course of training camp. Hmm. Interesting. I, I do wonder what his value is going to be in terms of an annual salary. It ain't going to be 20. Well, I think part of the problem too is that he wants a short, he wants a one year deal, maybe in his disguise as a two year deal. He wants 20 million on a one year deal. And that makes it, that makes it pretty, pretty tough because teams just don't have salary cap space. This salary cap, the salary cap freeze or drop is, is, is making life much more difficult for just David Clowney. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, if it's one seventy five next year, down almost twenty five million. Yeah, because I think there are eight teams right now that will have to cut a bunch of players to get under the salary cap. Should it be one seventy five in twenty twenty one? So, yeah. All right. That- I don't even know if this, is this a hot take? Uh, Javian Clowney, whatever he signs this year, will be less than what Jamal Adams' new contract will be. Fifteen million. Uh, less per year. No, I think he'll make more than that. Hmm. All right. Well, my hot take is he doesn't. Okay, that would if Jaden Clowney gets less than fifteen million this year, that is somebody's getting fired. <laughs> it's not the signs him and steals him for fifteen million. Uh, all right, that is the Jamal Adams Emergency Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for Ryan for taking your Saturday off, your Saturday day off, and, and jumping on. Debo, of course, uh, sits in his chair and waits for <laughs> NFL news to happen so we can podcast. Thanks everybody <laughs> for watching on YouTube. Talk to you guys later.